0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Fallen Down Beer Company, Podcast and Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Whitton. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Toby, and
2: Jimmy. Welcome to The Undercard. Sorry, we are not as, as fast as uh, Jorge Masvaldo <laughs> and uh, getting a show on on time, but we're here. And that's all that freaking matters. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, Jimmy lost somebody close to him in his life. And so like, yeah, you yeah. know, we always like to pay respects to somebody, but it's plain. Uh, I believe you told, let's say 10 episodes ago that he was battling uh, yeah. cancer, but yeah, um,
1: he, uh, it was a little over a year ago. He was first diagnosed, uh, with prostate cancer, um, went on the, um, Uh, they gave him like a a hormone kind of treatment and things went really well. So they put him on chemo uh, and then said, come back in like four months. So he took the chemo meds. Four months later, he went back and uh, I'm sorry, I'm distracted by what's going on outside. There's always Um, something. I know. Me too. Yeah. Uh, So he went on the chemo meds and um, uh, four months later, uh he went back to the doctor and not only had uh the chemo not take gotten rid of it but it just grew like exponentially so then they knew that it was like there was really nothing they could do um it was a, just like a really aggressive strain and when they first caught it it was so f- you know far advanced uh so they were talking like you know 18 months to a couple of years and that was in february of this year and then after that, he rapidly started to decline. Uh, he started losing the use of his legs. Um, we thought it was because the cancer had grown into his hips. Turned out tumor had grown on his spine. Got that taken care of. He was at home. Wasn't really being able to take care of himself. Went back in the hospital. Uh, and then he went to a uh, long-term care home. Once he hit the home, in a matter of about three weeks, just whew, straight down. So, uh, I got the call, uh, on the third, the night of the third that, uh, he probably wasn't going to make it. Uh, so go see him. And then the next morning I got a call from his daughter saying he had passed at five in the morning. So, Mm. but, uh, he was in a lot of pain and I, I was fortunate enough to see him a couple of times, like in the weeks leading up. Um, and you know, anybody who's worked in the medical field. You know when you see a patient, you know, um, the way that he was breathing, the death contracted. Gargle. Yeah, not, not even the death gargoyle, but like his, you know, his lips were retracting back, and he was really forcibly breathing, and he was hallucinating, and wow. so it, we knew it was just a matter of time. But um, he was uh, sixty-four. That's still I too young. Yeah, way too young. Way too young. That's way too
2: young. Well, so, I'm sorry for your loss. That's
1: all right. I mean. It's been a long road, so we knew it was coming. It was just um, it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. Yeah. so we were able to do the um, uh the the retirement party, which I hosted, which he was fortunate enough to uh, be able to come to. so that that was that was really good. I'm really glad that we were able to get that done, and he was able to come you know before the end. so that meant a lot to a lot of people. So
2: it just goes to show you, though, like teachers and like mentors, how much they mean to people in their lives. Well,
1: I mean, like there's a lot of people spread all over um, Stephen. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce his last name. His <laughs> that, name that's is, OK. And I know show. I know. His that name show is, we allow it. Uh, Stephen Dichick. Um You would probably recognize him as uh, the Hungry Howies commercials. Uh, they had that, uh, kind of bigger guy with the balding hair. Then they had the kind of blonde guy that was kind of like the straight man to him. And they would go back and forth on the different, like, Howie, oh, okay. you know, things or whatever. So the straight man was Steven Dietrich. He's out in California right now. He's Tom Cruise's body double. Mm-hmm. So whenever they do, um, like a movie, um, and they need somebody to stand in for tom cruise he's the one that that does it so
2: yeah uh, here, here's some interesting and uh it will change the the, the mood a little bit uh, sorry for your loss though but mm-hmm. um I, I appreciate it there's a fighter that um i manage and and we get together with his family and we talk and when when do you start to claim stuff that a mentor has taught you. I mean, everyone, everyone in this industry knows who my mentor was. So like it, it, but like I still find myself saying, well, he would have said this. When, when do you like, I mean, I've been doing it for eight years, seven years, like a long time. When do you start to claim it as like your kind of own knowledge? Like I, I find like I just like an auto repeat because it is his teachings and I don't want to like not give him credit. But at the same time, I feel like I'm always like mentioning him. And it's important because you don't want to forget them. But at the same time, when when does the mentoring become okay? This is why we're doing it because I know
1: it work. You know what you well, am saying? Well, it's like, well, that if you're just saying it verbatim what he said, then you still have to say it's well, this is what he said, or this is you know. But if you are taking what he taught you and putting your own spin or your own viewpoint on it, then it's yours. So it's not. You're not. Um, uh, I mean, you can claim it whenever, you know. If a mentor teaches you something and then you go out and you use it the next week, as long as you're not repeating verbatim what they said to you, then. But that's
3: just that they were almost like just
2: like quotes. Yeah, they're quotes.
1: Yeah, well, then you can say, you know, to. But
2: I find myself saying like. Uh, and he said this, and he said that, but at right. the same time, he, he was teaching me the whole time. Right, right.
1: So what you need to do is you need to take those quotes, those things that he taught you, and look at the same things, but from your viewpoint, considering what he taught you, and then you can use those as your, you yeah. know, intellectual property. Well, it's
2: amazing how much has changed since he's passed away. Right. Because now you got streaming boxes, right? Right. I mean, be you be could like, even he'd be in awe.
1: You he could even like, say, oh. you know, my mentor, you know, he said, blah blah blah, and while I agree with that, I also think, blah 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 blah, and then that's your, your, you're taking what he taught you and you're adapting it to the current situation. Yeah. You know, I do that. I do that a lot. Uh, like when even when Jerry was still around, you know, I'd be working in the shop or whatever. Excuse me. Um and I'd say well Jerry would say do it like this. However, we're going to do it like this. And yeah, Jerry taught me how to do something, but then I took my own unique viewpoint on it and changed a little bit of what, you know, built upon what he taught me and then made it my own. Yeah. And that's what and that's what a student's supposed to do. You take what the teacher teaches you and then build upon that. And then if every student builds upon what their teacher teaches teacher teaches them, every new generation should be better than the older generation. Right.
4: Yeah, they even said that like back in Greek and Roman times. That yeah.
1: was
5: always what the point was. Where you sure. Right. Right.
4: Better. Lord have mercy.
5: All right, the, go, go the, again. The goal was
2: to there we go.
4: always better like what you were taught. Right. Because you would mentor that's when you actually would mentor under us one individual person for like years and years and years. And then you were supposed to be able to make what they did better in some way.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and that, and that goes for, uh, most of like the trade crafts and, uh, like, you know, if you were a potter and you were a potter's apprentice that he would teach you how to make pottery. And then you were supposed to take that and then make it better, find a new way of doing it, find a better way of doing it or whatever, make it, you know, fancier, bigger or lighter or whatever. um, but the Greeks and the Romans actually are the first ones to were the first ones to uh, teach by group. So the uh, the uh, academies that you know Plato and Socrates and Aristotle uh, Aristotle taught was not a one on one basis. That was a one person that everybody would go and listen to them, and then they would debate. It wasn't a I'm going to teach you this. You're going to recite it back to me and then that's that's it it's aristotle would say well you know the purpose of man is to help his fellow man and one of the students would go well no you know i think that the purpose of man is to blah 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 well why do you think that this is why i think that and then they would debate and then the group as a whole would go okay well you know i agree more here i agree more there or, you know whatever so um The disciplines were more one-on-one, like uh, 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 Hippocrates teaching medicine. He did more on a one-on-one basis. Um, You know, uh, Pythagoras teaching math was a more one-on-one basis. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what a student's supposed to do, is take the teachings, the philosophies of their mentor, and then improve upon it. And, and then they, in turn, mentor somebody who then uh, takes their teachings and approves upon it. And each new generation expands and, and betters the previous thought or the previous whatever from the previous generations. That's how we grow and advance as a society. Hmm. So take what he taught you and make it better.
2: I think I do. But I just still give him credit. There's nothing wrong
1: with giving credit. You can say, I think blah, 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 blah. And the reason that I think that is because so-and-so told me one time blah, 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 blah. Which means you're still giving him credit for the idea that you're expanding upon. Well, a guy that me
2: and Rochelle really respect paid me probably the best compliment I've received in a year. uh, He said that my social intelligence – was the highest emotional. emotional intelligence is the highest that he's ever seen, and that's why he thinks that I can work with all these promoters and, and I get along with everybody. Like, these promoters don't like each other, but they'll hire me to do all that, you know. Right, what I'm right. No, so, I like, know what you mean. So, he was explaining what emotional intelligence was, and um, I thought that was a good compliment. So, like, I, so I what think, does
1: emotional intelligence mean?
2: Um, so, he broke it down basically
3: the ability to. Relate to everybody. everybody. Yeah. Okay.
2: Listen to them and understand their needs. When they tell you something, don't tell anybody else. The secret stays with you. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things that I'll still even tell Rochelle. I'll be like, you can't tell anybody. And Rochelle's like, you've been saying that for fucking eight years. (laughs) But, like, there's stuff that we know. Like coming up that we can't even talk about, but it wasn't even that. It was just I that I don't
3: talk to anybody. So I mean, I talk she, to Felicity.
2: She, she probably sees that I switch gears depending on who the person is. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm quiet and I'm listening, it's because I've learned from that guy. That's what to do. Mm-hmm. If I'm a little bit more vocal, it's because I've taken more of a leadership role with that person. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I, I don't know. It was, it was a compliment. So I guess what a man, well, there the name slips, but the, sure. I guess what I would uh, would say is that, you know, I've I've put my own psychology spin on it because I'm huge into psychology and that's where I come from, my background. And I just I, I apply psychology to a lot of people. I try to treat people the, the way they want to be treated. And even when they now backstab me, I don't even fucking care. Right. I, I kind of like forgive them and laugh it at it, laugh at it, really. You know, so I just, I don't know. But that that was one of the better it's compliments. Just,
3: I think a lot of it is just called growing up.
2: Right. Dude, I don't listen to anything. People write mean stuff I'll be like, I don't care.
4: No, I think some people have it and some people don't. Like, there are very few people that have, like, emotional intelligence like that. And I know exactly what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And Chris is like that, too. And it's very rare. Like, you don't see it often, I think. Right. Because you see people, they can be 60 years old and they still don't listen to anyone, still don't. Like, have any idea of how they're acting to other people. Like, I think it's more about looking at yourself and how you're reacting to people Uh than it is with anyone, like, anything that's, uh, like, what you're giving them. You have to look at yourself and be like, okay, I cannot be like that with this person. I can't be like that with this person.
3: No, and I agree. I don't think a lot of people can actually reflect on themselves at all.
4: Right.
2: Right. Right. I mean, she, uh, Rochelle probably sees like, you know, when I self analyze myself, I look at it like I'm, I'm extremes on both ends. Like when I'm mad, the extreme is like ridiculous. But when I'm like the nice guy helping out the guy on the street, which he's seen a million times. I don't think there's too much middle, but when it comes to networking and business, I'm able to ride that middle ground. And I kind of, it just, I mean, the the rule number one I tell people is that when somebody tells you something, you don't repeat it. I mean, that's it. Like, I don't even, I don't even tell the people anymore. I won't repeat it. They'll, they'll open up to me and I I don't have to say that anymore, but that took eight years of doing that. Mm -hmm. But what you can do for that person is piece together the puzzle for them without still revealing what they revealed to you and then present it and go i think i found a solution for you because you've heard other stuff from other sources but you're still not revealing his secret to someone okay i see
1: what you're saying
2: okay you know, you're you're kind of like uh, in clue like uh, right, professor right. mustard in the the, the library, library with the candles but that was thing, one of the yeah. better compliments that like i think i had got, gotten uh so july 4th um was a pretty big day for Toledo. I just wanted to touch base on this, so like um,
1: box- it's a pretty big day for America. <sighs> we're going to go we just talk boxing. <laughs> oh okay, we just talked
2: boxing.: It's yeah. a bad day for British. You know? By the no, way. No not really. really <laughs> quickly. Yeah, they, they, got right. rid
1: of, they got rid of the ungrateful <laughs> colonists. Now they have nothing to do with our giant cheese head president.
2: Happy treason Day. They
4: yeah. Were, they were all headed back by that time. They were over it.
2: Yeah. Like, so uh, it took a
4: while for us to get, uh, get ourselves organized.
2: I was, talk- yeah. I was talking to somebody that's British and he was overseas and, uh, uh July 5th. Uh, one of my fighters needed a medical test. And I said, well, those the people are still I go. Doctors take off the weekend, you know, Thursday, Friday, Friday right. Saturday. I go, I can't get them to a neuro doctor. And he's like, how many days do you guys celebrate, like, Fourth of July? And I go, we only do one. But, like, if right. I go, if it's close to the weekend, right. it's a four-day week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's no neurologist right. coming in. But yeah. he was trying to comprehend, like, he goes, is it, like, a week-long party? And I go, no, <laughs> it's the fourth. Well, But if it's close to the weekend, like, if it's a Friday, it's a three-day weekend. Right. If it's a Thursday, it's a four-day weekend. So I was trying to explain that Yeah. Exactly. I go, no, it's just the fourth. You know, we're not rubbing it. I mean, if you faces. if you
1: listen to the fireworks in the neighborhood, it's a week-long party. Right. But there, the Month, rules have gotten long. tighter. Yeah. The rules have gotten tighter about
2: selling those and, and stuff. It wasn't too bad. I had mm-hmm. a few cats that got scared for a few moments, but that was it. But um, but no, in boxing, and it was great because um, when I was coming up writing, um, I was assigned Toledo, too. And you're like, Toledo. So, like, it was Detroit. It was Toledo before I got to cover other places. And Toledo, since then, has now produced Sonny Frederickson, mm-hmm. DeAndre Ware, um, and not only DeAndre Ware, uh, Albert Bell, who's one of the best boxers I've ever seen. Boxers, not puncher, but boxers. Robert Easter, E Bunny. Mm-hmm. So, uh, July fourth, nineteen nineteen, a guy by the okay. guy by the name Jeff uh, Jess Willard. Okay. Who, um, was the heavyweight champion of the world at the time. He okay. stood six foot six, was deemed unbeatable, had defeated a guy by breaking off part of his jaw and jamming it into his head. He died in the ninth round. Fought little known Jack Dempsey.
0: <laughs> now Jack Dempsey,
2: this happened in Toledo. Okay. Of all places, Toledo. They built a temporary stadium that held 97,000 people. Okay, this was still today we were trying to analyze it with historians is bigger than any Super Bowl that we've had. imagine ninety seven thousand people coming into a city to witness us. uh-huh. It was the first, I believe, radio broadcast of a fight. Okay. Jack Dempsey knocked him down seven times, yeah. one in third round. They threw in the towel in the fourth, and okay. he became a champion and got to ride it out for seven more years. Right. Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey, much more of a household name right. than Willard. Yeah. Um. This happened all in Toledo. Yeah. So
1: Toledo. Well, to- Toledo didn't become, you know, a, a, a dumpster fire until like the.
2: I, I know the, the mayor 60s. now. It's not a dumpster fire.
1: It's Until a Until the 60s, city. and then it kind of, I don't know, in the last couple of years, it's turned itself around. It's its a slowly burning dumpster fire now.
2: <laughs> I don't know. The
1: old joke is
2: that Michigan won the war against Ohio, and because Ohio lost, they had to take Toledo. Did you ever hear that joke? <laughs> yeah. 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 So she was born in Toledo, though. She could jump you right now, and she'd be like... Yeah.
4: My parents are from
2: Toledo. I'll still yeah. take you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways... uh uh, so they've celebrated all week. Well, actually, it was a month celebration. The mayor said they had the historical exhibit. Um, one of my friends actually gave me a, a ticket stub from that ticket. Okay, it was 30 bucks. Do you know what 30 bucks would have been t- nowadays?
1: Uh, let me let me guess, uh, 30 bucks in 1919. I want to say close to like I'll say like five hundred dollars. That's exactly it. Did okay. I tell you that? No, son of a bitch. No, no. But I know. Exactly but I know. That was what
4: I was going to guess. Too. But I.
1: But I know about how much things cost in nineteen ninety. <laughs> right. And that was
2: the average pay for someone a week. $30. Okay. Thirty dollars. So yeah. that these people spent yeah. a week's worth of pay hey, to go in, see the fight and equivalent to five hundred dollars. Yeah. The heat was over like a hundred degrees. It happened at four oh nine. So the mayor got together, did the historical thing, um, set up a ring uh and they tried to build a mini version of this amphitheater they okay. built out of wood. Okay. This thing was only temporarily built for right. this fight. And we went down there uh, and had had a lot of fun. I couldn't stay longer, but at six o'clock they actually did a reenactment with actors. Oh, okay. Of the fight, and I okay. thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Because I like I like old boxing. Uh, my my friend Bob Ryder uh, got me the history of boxing. So it all it all came together on Saturday. They actually had a boxing contest in Toledo, and they celebrated their hundred year history, which to them that was the biggest. Event they still have had, okay, and it just goes to show you how big boxing was at one oh, time. It was huge, right? You could. I mean, uh, maybe Pacquiao Mayweather might have drew a hundred. <laughs> uh, Connor,
1: if you had a stadium, but you also drove have. But you, but you also but, have to remember, in nineteen nineteen, no TVs. No. Well, not only that, but in nineteen nineteen, in order to get somewhere, it takes a long. It would take a long time to get. Like you couldn't just drive like from right now, it would take us an hour, you know, to get down to Toledo, right? But in 1919, it would take probably four or five hours. You're riding a horse. Maybe you have a car if you're wealthy, but those things didn't get above like 30 miles an hour. So, I mean, you're, you're talking like a half a day to get down there at the minimum. Right. At the minimum. And then you're talking about a half an hour or, a, you know, half a day to get back after the event's over with in the pitch black, you know, everything's forest and road. So, like, yeah, it so, yeah, the having that many people show up at that event, that's even that would be like that would be like. Uh, getting like a 100,000, how many people did you say it was? 97,000. 97,000 97, people. 100, degree heat. 100 Well, that would be like getting 97,000 people right now to the top of the Arctic Circle. I mean, it's reversed, but to the top of the Arctic Circle to get 97,000 people there for a boxing match. Right. Because that's how long, you know, how difficult the trek would have been.
2: The heavyweight championship meant something all the way up until Ali, Frazier, and them, and then <clears throat> Tyson, it meant something. But now it just doesn't hold the weight it used to. You know, um it's just not it's, being a heavyweight champion of the world. The, Jack Dempsey never had to buy a meal probably after that fight. No. And
1: I have a theory when, on this. When, when was Jim Braddock? Was that before? No, that was after. No, that was after that was the during 30s. the depression. Yeah, yeah, that was the, the late twenties. Like he had a huge yeah. house. Yeah, if yeah. The,
2: if the movies correct. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and then, I and looked it up, and it was pretty po- accurate. Went poor during the depression. Yeah, made bad then,
1: investments. Went poor. The only they said the only big difference between the movie and the and reality was that Max uh, Max Schreck or yeah uh, was actually a really really nice guy. Like, well,
2: he was with uh, Joe Lewis. Uh, if that's the same the same guy, uh, he paid for Joe Lewis's funeral. Yeah,
1: even yeah, being same
2: guy, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. So
1: that that's same guy. That that he was just a really nice, genuine guy. Was nothing like right. he was portrayed in the movies. But yeah. same, same, same concept though. Same, you know, was wealthy, then lost it all, and then started to make a comeback at a really old age.
2: Yeah. So Larkin's a fighter over here, a current fighter. And some, you know, we've all had our dabbles in it, but uh, what I, I just think they were tougher back then. There's just no way. Like you, you read about Dempsey. Here's a guy. The guy had killed somebody. This thing could go multiple rounds. Um, I don't know. The the, the boxers back then just had to be tougher.
4: I think. I think so too.
2: They had to be like fucking badass. You know what I'm saying? Like Dempsey went in there probably thinking he could maybe die. Yeah. And still like I mean, you know, took care of business.
4: Well, I mean in a way, like, why do you think so such good fighters and boxers come from like areas in Russia? Right. You know, like it's because they still like they grew up working very, very, very much harder than we could ever comprehend.
2: Right. When me and Rochelle heard Iron Mike Tyson literally tell his story of his fucking life to us in person in a theater and you were just like you want to cry for him because it was such a terrible childhood that you understand why he came out such a badass. Now, now there's some examples like I believe you threw Tyson at 21 back then. He's probably fine, yeah. Because he was just a mean motherfucker, right? But you, you, when you're reading about this fight and you know all the people there, I they tough motherfuckers, yeah.
1: seriously. Guy had killed somebody, yeah. Kind of recently. Well, and they didn't in 1919. They didn't have like they had straw for gloves. Well, yeah, but they also they didn't have like there was no like twelve round fight. It was a fight until one of them couldn't fight anymore, right? I'm not 100% sure on that. I I
2: was trying to get a really good guest on today, but we just lost contact sometime Mm -hmm. today. But um, I know in Bare Knuckle, which we learned from Mm -hmm. Sheena the other day, and I wanted to talk to him because I was invited to go to the uh, Bare Knuckle Hall of Fame in Belfast, New York this Mm -hmm. weekend. And it's only a five-hour drive. I haven't decided Mm -hmm. if I'm going or not. But um, in Bare Knuckle, it went on. Until somebody, right? Get right, up. like it could go on for like ever, right? Until right, like somebody's right. not gonna get up, right? And that's like pre uh pre boxing, you know, that's but that's just people right. with bare knuckles going at it. That's
4: gladiator,
2: that's stuff. fucking crazy, dude. Can you imagine, like, you know, like people be like, when you coming home, Brad? I don't know, it could be quick or it could be like nine hours. I don't know, we'll see, but um. Even with like the technology today, like I believe Larkin's a better athlete than a fighter, a female fighter in the 70s. We just know what's good for you. Like if you remember the food, the food triangle.
4: Oh, yes, I even remember the food
2: triangle. You know how bad that is for you now if you follow that. If you put dairy and grains on top, you you're going to be a fucked up athlete. Okay,
1: so I I was reading, okay. Professional bouts are limited to a maximum of 12 rounds. Most are fought over four, six, eight, or 10 rounds, depending upon the experience of the boxers. That's my Though, th- through the early 20th century, it was common for fights to have unlimited rounds, ending only when one fighter quit or the fight was stopped by police. In the, <laughs> 19s, in the 1910s and 1920s, a 15 round limit gradually became the norm, benefiting high energy fighters like Jack Dempsey.
2: Nice. So there's this situation where somebody's in the crowd going, Who
1: called the cops? Yeah. Motherfucker, who called the cops? Yeah. And then in the 80s, it got changed. Well, again. I guess you couldn't call the cops
2: back then, you know? And have then. Cell yeah. And then the 80s, it got is changed the again. Uh, <laughs> Smoke candles, <laughs> right? The- <laughs> light, light, light the corner on fire. <laughs> That's great.
1: Um, you would have it, been dead if the cops didn't break this up, right? Bless you. Uh, oh my god! Oh, okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question here in a minute. But then in the 80s, it went from 15 to 12 because of what uh, Ray Mancini did to uh, uh, Sue Kim. I think it was his name. Yeah. yeah, 15's a little too much. Yeah, so that's when they went to 12 because in the 14th round is when he killed him by accident. Right. So, so I
2: so I manage. Larkin that's no big secret and the, the number one thing I tell everybody you do? yeah so that like the number one thing I tell people is that I don't want them to get hurt right and she's had two very tough opponents yeah but I told Rochelle and I told everybody uh that's that's involved with the the company is that I knew she couldn't get hurt in either fight right so even Valerie who wrote something snobby the other day big uh, surprise I know uh, I'm going to comment on that too uh, uh, like Valerie wasn't going to hurt her and then Christina Ricker who's a really good fighter mm-hmm. I knew she wouldn't get hurt right. I mean she worked two days after that so right, right. Um, those are those are the type of people that you, you, you want tough fights but you want to make sure that your fighters are definitely safe so 15 rounds getting to how I got off that subject there's something about the last few rounds where brain swelling will happen right like in the ninth, 10th 12th yeah and i i have to imagine the percentages go up greatly with that but that's toledo's yeah. key to their history yeah. and then the next year they hosted the u.s open in golf with and that and it was the first year that bobby jones was actually in the golf tournament bobby, so, jones. bobby jones so uh toledo had their like they're 1919 1920 they were pretty popular
1: if it wasn't um oh god what was his name
2: they're blessed by water
1: no i know but all um, cities
2: that are big have water i know uh yeah who a legend of beggar vance
1: who was the act the golfer
2: will
3: smith
1: no No, no, beggar vance oh no 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 yeah matt damon was the matt damon was the the right but what was his name I can't remember. Anyways, because he played Bobby Jones in the movie. That was one of the oh, okay. competitors that he was competing against. Um,
2: That's the one where Will Smith as his caddy just walks off on the 18th, right?
1: The after nation. he basically saved his life, yes. Yeah. But by, by getting him to remember golf. Stick around to get paid. He was a ghost. He was an angel. Oh, he's not real? That's the whole point. It's not actually specifically explained, but if you pay attention to the movie, I
2: thought he was walking to find like another golfer. To he help.
1: he. If you pay attention to the movie, he kind of shows up out of the mist, out of the darkness, and he walks back yeah, he into shows the darkness. Up in, like
3: his backyard, and he was just like, "Hey,
1: yeah." And then at the end of the movie, after uh, uh, what's his face has a heart attack, he looks over as he's dying, and he sees Beggar Vance, which to me says that. That's the clue that Beggar Vance was kind of an angel the whole time. You could probably wake up PD. I didn't pick that up. Yeah. Wow. You gotta so- pay attention to movies, man. Well that that was a movie that I wasn't playing. Like, huge oh, No, that's yeah, a no, good movie. Kidding. I
3: just watched it. It's a it. really it good movie. What ago. movie is
1: this? Legend of Beggar Vance. Legend of Beggar so Vance. So it takes place after it takes place after World War One. Uh and Matt Damon's character used to be one of the best golfers in the in the country, right? But when he came back from the war, he was jacked up. He was not mentally there. And the world. And uh, yeah, and so um, it's it's during the depression, and they're trying to get uh, people to come to Savannah um, to like do whatever. So they have his golf tournament, and they want him, Matt Damon's character, to play because he's the pride of Savannah. And, uh,
3: ran, Randuf, Randolph, Juno,
1: Juno, that's it. Juneau. Captain Juno. Um, he, uh, so anyways, he, um, uh, so beggar Vance shows up. Will Smith's character shows up while he's just like chipping off and like the ball's going off in every which direction. And he basically helps him with his golf swing, helps him with his life just through the analogy of golf basically is what it is. So you know, the rhythm of the game is like the rhythm of life. That's that's the one uh, the one quote that I remember from that movie.
2: Golf is a good walk. Walk spoiled. I don't know who said that, but that's <laughs> true. Too.
1: My my whole my favorite thing uh, of any talking about golf is uh, when Robin Williams did his uh, Scotsman inventing the game of golf. Mm? Um, that is by far my favorite depiction of uh, of like basically what golf is. I'll
2: play golf with anybody unless they have a temper in there and throwing their clubs. No.
1: I have the worst I, slice in the world. I can correct that for you. No, you can't. <laughs> I got hurt I, hit had, a profe- ball off a I tee. had professionals try to do it. Cannot I'm correct the slice.
4: Swell. I'm good at uh sitting in the golf cart.
1: <laughs> drinking
4: beer. Oh, and drinking. I, I'm really Tell good you at what. that. Tell yeah. you what, Brad. Me too. We'll go to
1: a range one we'll go to a range one day. Got you. You have one basket to fix the slice. <laughs> if you can't fix the slice, I don't know. Put money on it. You know I can Yeah, you
2: can. I can
1: fix I it. I had professionals try to do it.
2: Brad's
4: an extra professional.
2: I could have been, been a professional. Golf is, or not, is like the one thing that he's just like. That and Bach. I could knock somebody out pretty quick. But uh, yeah, but golf was, yeah. Golf's good.
3: I'll just stop talking. No, 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 no. no. Go, go ahead, no, golf. No, I'm good. No, no, go. Golf is not.
1: the one thing that what? Never mind. Oh, you got to okay. finish the thought. No, I don't.
2: No. You got to finish the thought. <laughs> <No>, I don't. <laughs> I'm really I want to know golf. what.
1: <laughs> I mean, is the one thing that I, I don't like. He's nah. decent at.
3: No, he 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 hadn't touched a golf club in God knows how long. Uh huh. Because that's all we would talk about. I mean, still to this day, right? We're, right. like, we're going to golf this summer. Yeah. Um. And
4: it never happens. Never.
3: Um. But yeah, we went. It was a crappy day. Yeah. We went to the drive range, and we're just like, let's just hit a, a basket yeah. and. Straight,
2: straight 300 Three, yards, yeah, 300.
3: Just boom, it, it stays All with right. you.
2: It's the things my dad taught me. My dad was uh, a really good golfer, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I just taught her so, anyway, she got to hit some and they went long. Well, not long, but they went straight mm-hmm. and they were in the air. And if she practiced on it, she would be pretty good. And
3: uh, um, well, I had so much, I love, love, love to hit a golf ball, it's
2: so much fun. Just- the sound just yeah. not
3: good at it.
4: I don't even know if yeah. I would hit a golf ball left or right handed.
2: Uh, because I'm
4: like, it depends on the sport. Try What do
2: you
3: write
1: with? Left My handed. left hand. Then you'd probably hit it But left. I
4: hit a baseball right-handed. She might
1: oh, right handed.
2: Oh, wow. I've taught a left hander though before. I could it's, do it.
1: It's whatever's more com- most comfortable
4: I don't know. You. I've never <laughs> I putt-putt golf.
2: Okay, how do you putt-putt? Either way. <laughs> You switch yes. wherever it lays next to the stone or the <laughs> yes. waterfall. You, you switch.
4: Well, I can, I, I can can do this that. Is a lost cause. I <laughs>
1: can putt ambidextrously. That's not that hard. All right. The, the, the swing, the well, because then you got to have either right handed or left handed clubs. Yeah. I
4: mean, I putt, swing putt, on putt putt. Yeah. I send.
1: Them. Well, I mean, <laughs> but for like a driver and your irons and stuff, you either have to have right or left handed. A uh, putter, it can be either or. You don't have to have. One or the other.
2: Yeah. So, um, Sportsway growing up as a kid was a miniature golf place by me and they had very Kool Aid blue water. And, uh, there was mosquitoes in it back then. I swear to you, it's the same water from 1995 because that's where you would go. You know, you weren't 21. So you you would take dates to like putt putt. And, um, uh, I took Aiden for his birthday one year with his, uh, with my ex-wife. And I saw a guy jump in the water and was drinking the water. I don't think that guy's alive today. I think he caught botulism or something, but I think he's dead because that water is the same color and just looked more algae. I think they're recycling the same water from 30 years, bright blue Kool-Aid water <laughs> through the, through the waterfall. She knows the, the park I'm talking about. And, uh, this guy was like literally like going, like blowing bubbles, and yeah. it. I was like, "You're gonna die, mother effer." I go, "I can't wait, dude. That's worse than food poisoning. You know, it's worse than food poisoning." <laughs> yeah. He'd be riding homemade so, gargle,
1: and he has, like, uh, yeah, he has all the diseases.
4: So, I my first job, I worked at like a a putt putt slash mini bumper boats and go kart bumper place. boats. Yeah. So if we if we if we had anything growing in the water, we'd just like, pour another gallon of the blue stuff in it. That's what <laughs> I said. Th-
2: I yeah. think it's the same water.
4: We keep using the same water, yeah. and then when it started to get a little bit more algae, we just dump some more. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: Kool-Aid blue. I bet you it's the same water and it from just, 1995.
4: Like, it goes through a filter, yeah, and right. it picks up all the stuff in yeah. it, and yep. it just spits it
3: right yep. back
2: out. No, you'd rather <laughs> you'd rather fall <laughs> in the Detroit River and drink some of that, like uh, McClouse Steel and yeah. uh, Great Lakes well, like, Steel can, water. Oh, yeah. You can just
3: go down in Wyandotte and you can walk through. Yeah, the through. water yeah. levels are Fucking overflowing. West Jefferson. Yeah.
2: Like it's ruining places in Wyandotte. Yeah. Actually, where sure. I lived on the water in Gibraltar, uh, we should go by it. I bet you my house would be underwater. Mm. I bet you it seriously probably is underwater.
4: They said Lake Michigan's the highest it's been in recorded history.
1: Okay. Do you believe in global warming? I believe in climate change.
4: I believe in climate change, not global warming. Ooh. But I yeah.
1: It's I, I it's it's real. I mean, it's not it's not even a debate. It's scientifically proven. Climate change is a real condition. But
4: uh, it, there's always been climate change. Like, how do you think we had the ice age? But like,
1: but that's climate's just, always changed. The the difference is not climate. The difference is not. Whether or not climate change has always happened, because it does. The climate change is... How much Earth we're has, accelerating it's, it. it's how fast we're accelerating it. We're accelerating it to the point where the Earth cannot compensate for the changes we are making at such a rapid pace. Right. Now, here's the thing. It's not the end of the world. The world will still be here. It's the end of humanity. That's what we're steaming towards. We are gonna, we are gonna turn the planet into a, uh, a such a hostile place that humans will no longer be able to survive on it, at least in the numbers that we're, you know, like humans may be able to survive, but in very small numbers.
5: Hmm. Like,
1: and you will have to like move to like, like really, really far north or really, really far south. Like they're. Everything in the middle will be way too hostile. Mexico. No, 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 no. I'm talking like South Pole.
2: Oh, it's got to be like North
1: Pole or South Pole. I'm saying is eventually we're going to get to the point where you're going to need to be in that like zone to be in a livable habitat.
2: I want to hear what Larkin was going to say.
4: So, two things on it. A, in the time that humanity has existed, we have managed to not kill humans off. And it's not an innate, like, it's not something that humans want to do to kill themselves off. So is it possible and probable that every society thought that they were killing themselves off? Probably. So I'm sure that, like, I'm pretty sure we'll figure out a way to not kill ourselves off and, like, not supernova the planet. And the other thing that I, I, well, obviously, okay, so, for example, we have the, we have the Niagara Escarpment, which is what Niagara goes over. So that used to be a lake. We used to have so much more fresh water and... Then it drained, and now we don't, and now we have the Great Lakes instead. And it's like, we don't look at, like, oh, well, probably when people saw that the water level was changing that much, they probably thought humanity was doomed, everyone's going to die. But that didn't happen. But obviously that was before humans, but if humans were there for that, they would have been like, oh, this is the end.
1: Well, yeah, but we have never, up until the last 150 years, had the ability to affect the climate the way that we're affecting it now sure. we, humans did not have the ability to create uh uh carbo carbofluorides uh put a punch a hole in the ozone the all the pollution from the industrial revolution all the the things that that we're using the fossil fuels humans didn't have that ability up until the last 150 years right. and that's the difference is yes the planet goes through a cycle But the cycle that we're at right now, where we are in the last 100, we went from going slow, going slow, going slow, going slow to in the last 150 years, we accelerated the climate change by a thousand percent. Right. A thousand percent in just 150 years. That change should have taken a thousand years to reach us, but we've done it 150 years.
2: And you got outside elements too that aren't even pertained to the environment that, um, Prime example, the stealth uh, fighter 1, uh, the 117A that was introduced in the Persian Gulf War.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: We had that technology back in 1970. So imagine the technology that we have that we don't show still. Yeah. Right. Um, well, we, we like have... Bob Lazar, the physicist. Well, here's the
1: thing. We we have the ability to stop the climate change. It's just. No, no,
2: no. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that. Uh, so you're, you're, you guys are talking like uh, factors. I'm talking that. Uh, the old phrase that I use all the time, I got the pistol, so I'll keep the pesos. We're so far ahead of other countries that we've stopped nuclear wars. We have, and that there are countries out there that would probably try to end the, end the world because of no, the religion. And that's why and we have, right.
1: and that's why we have the, right. the nuclear pro prolific. We're
2: probably 30 years ahead of those countries. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, and, if there, not more. and there are countries that are trying to catch up to where we were. In the '50s and the '60s, and I and I get that. That's not that that that's a whole separate issue. That's no, a whole no separate I don't issue. think it is because there's two. It ways is
2: to, no, there's two ways we can get to the end of the world. The I'm way not, you guys are talking about, what I think
1: I'm not talking about is. the end of the I world. Think, I think and and you, you are humanity. right. I'm not the end of humanity. I'm not. I'm not saying we're, we're talking strictly climate change. We weren't <laughs> talking about humanity destroying itself. That's a whole separate. No, topic. You, you
2: said it first. You said, I was the, you saying but i was I saying we the could climate that change
1: oh i agree i was saying the climate change would because people are saying that if we don't what i was trying to say is if we if we don't everybody keeps saying it's the end of the world if we don't reverse climate change it's the end of the world if we don't reverse climate change and if, i'm saying that we're not it's not the end of the world it's the end of humanity if we don't stop climate change
2: and i said running parallel in it in line number two yeah but that's a whole separate issue no but no it isn't because i (laughs) have issues sometimes with america being a police state right but that at the same time america but i will argue with myself if we aren't the police state right someone what happens if anybody other than us uses a nuclear weapon it's the end of the world because what do we do no we use it
4: yep and it's the end of
2: humanity anybody
1: who's not our anybody who's not our allies
2: (laughs) The likelihood, yeah, but we've of, already fucked up the world. There's now, now, <laughs> now, like you can't see the sun anymore. Plants die. You know what I'm saying? It
1: depends on it depends on how it was used, where it was used, and was there any retaliation? The, oh there would be
2: retaliation.
4: The likelihood of of us not doing what Brad's saying before we have an issue with climate change ending humanity Could is be. very unlikely. Very unlikely. The human condition. Yep, that's how it, I think that's how things it will happen. Could. So you're but, saying that
1: we'll kill ourselves before but, we kill the planet? I think we're thirty yes. years okay. ahead
2: of every other country. We and the stuff that that's, we don't even know about. That's that not we even. Have, well, no, I, I think
1: that. So that's, the, you're, that's you're putting the, inter- the cart before the horse.
2: No, 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 no. That's the internal argument I have with myself all the time. Is that. I don't like that we are a police state around the world, but I understand why we are. So, like, I fight over that because, we, we, like, there we are, are very unstable we people are,
1: in the world. We are the police state because it is the duty of the strong to protect the weak. Right. And sometimes you have to protect the weak from themselves. Right.
2: So we could get there two different ways is what I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree we with that. We could continue using fossil fuels yeah, yeah. And, and fuck up shit. And, and, or we could start World War III and it be the well, end of
1: us But here – Going strictly back to climate change, which is what we were talking about. But we a nuclear have ability, war would yeah, I'm, not, I'm not. Well, a nuclear war would be the end. It really would. But what I'm saying was just climate change. We have the ability to slow it down and to stop it, but we have a very limited time right now. If we continue to do what we're doing we're for the next 30 years. We will reach a Rubicon where no matter what we do, it will not be enough. We will have irreparably damaged the planet to where we can't, no matter what we do, we can't fix it. Right. But if we start doing things like going more green, using less fossil fuels, you know, uh, uh, other, other things, we can slow it down and maybe not reverse it right away, but we can at least You know, instead of it being 30 years, it's now 60 years. Instead of 60 years, it's now 100 years. You know what I'm saying? So So, we have the ability. We just have to choose to do it.
2: Well, you know what the immediate solution to that would be? It is to limit what a lobbyist firm can give to a candidate. Well, well that's that, exactly what it is. And then,
1: you know, you have to get big oil out of government. Right. basically so, what it like, is.
2: If I'm not being paid $5,000. So, so what happens? $5,000. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is what ExxonMobil does, right? They ask their employees, or, or I'll, I'll use, I don't want to get sued. So, I, <laughs> a, ABC company who's in fuel finds out who doesn't donate to a candidate, and then they donate for that employee. The max they can five grand. Right. And so if you have over 70,000 employees, that's your you you take everybody's credit and you donate to that. And then when that person gets in the office, they got to repair, you know, I mean, like
1: they have to repay it.
2: Right. Like Trump with the the coal thing is kind of ridiculous. Like that's going back to like the 1920s. But he had a lot of money. Right. From the coal the coal industry. Right. So, no, I mean, and,
1: and, and, and yes. You're not going to cut out I, I the hand that feeds you. But I think we need to get rid of all lobbyists, not just the ones that we don't like. We need to get rid of all lobbyists out of government. Like, no more money, no more big money in government. You're It's done. Mm-hmm. No more kickbacks. No more donations. No more whatever. You could do, like, crowdfunding for your campaign if if you want to run for for office
2: i think you should still jimmy i don't think you have enough skeletons in your closet larkin would make you a have good running mate you have and like well 17 she's, years. she's not i gonna so say she's yeah, not, 17 more years yeah <laughs> um uh,
1: you no, hit, I, I, you hit 35 though i don't oh i'm i i i you know 2020 it's pashay somebody or somebody pashay but here's the thing like um i'll tell you right i don't now, it's not, not it's not that no god no god <laughs> Um, I don't have a whole lot of skeletons <laughs> in my closet. However, I would never win for one reason. I'm bald. I we will either. never, we will never, every president, I every, know. every president, unless they are a horrible, horrible person who tells lies and gets people fired up with rhetoric they have to have good hair. Every president has had good hair. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Back, back the
2: truck up. Okay. I don't even care if you are a Trump supporter. He does not have good hair. No, that's what I'm saying. No,
3: he said everybody I'm saying decides every, oh, everybody
1: decides
2: okay. I was going to say, even, yeah, yeah. even if no, no, you, no. you love Trump, no, no, no. You, you admit he no, doesn't no, no. have good hair.
1: He has a chia pet on his
2: Head kind well, of so when Roosevelt was in a wheelchair, they never even took pictures of him in a wheelchair. No. Because uh they only took they, a picture
1: of him right, standing up at the because podium. Because it was a sign of weakness. Right. I agree with that. Yeah.
2: I, I think it would be tough for an obese person to win.
1: And yes, it would be tough I, for I an think, obese person. Yep. I think yep.
2: I think it I think people like people they that they want somebody
1: who's fit, good looking. Is kind of you know yeah. looks affluent, and the other thing is I'm not married, I don't have any kids. Like that's also a uh, maybe a down...
2: soon though. We won't cover that, <laughs> but in the private room, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> no. Let's not jump no. the gun. I didn't yeah, jump yeah. the gun. Jesus I know the Christ. consequences.
1: Mer- Mercury's in retrograde right now. Do not do anything that could fuck me.
2: Okay, I'm not gonna do anything. That... <laughs> but very interested. I know. <laughs> Co- Cody wants a full body shot. I
1: I I, I gave him one. <laughs> I. <laughs> i just
2: love doing that i know Uh, Um, so
1: anyways uh yeah no but i mean i i i i've thought about it i honestly have thought about it but there's no way that i would i would win i'm not good looking okay
2: so rochelle's not listening to this but i i'm fascinated by joe rogan's podcast do you know who bob really
1: you've never mentioned that before i know
2: but you know who bob lazare is right yes okay so he's the guy that Uh, they took away his birth certificate, said he didn't go to MIT, didn't go to all these places. And 20 years ago on 2020, he's the one that said that, Hey, we have alien technology and it works on magnets and we don't know how to do anything magnet. Um, Stranger Things is all right now running with the Bob Lazare thing. I think if Rochelle listened to that interview, she would be fascinated by it. Because what happened is 20 years later. I did listen to it. You played it in the car. Right. So 20 years later, I don't think you listened to the end of it, though. 20 years later, the stuff he's talking about is like has been proven true. And so like now now no one thinks he's a nutcase. And, uh, you know, he just wants to live his life. He's not even made a penny off of anything, even the movie that's made about him on Netflix, the Bob Lazare story. Um But anyways, uh, I'm not even ruining this stuff to you, but magnets have a lot to do with Stranger Things 3. And it's a lot of what Bob Lazare was saying was happening in the 80s. So I'm thinking the Duffer brothers who does Stranger Things mm-hmm. are huge Bob Lazare fans because, like uh, – he he said that the person that figures out how to do magnetic fields, and that's what he worked on in the 80s is reverse engineering magnetic fields, would be in control because what you could have is force fields and you could have power 10 times uh, the atomic energy. Mm-hmm. But let's do let's on tap. Yep. What's on tap? Go to a break. And then we have uh, somebody from SFS
1: coming on. Uh, Colin. Okay. Uh, all right. Do we do we have music or
3: no? If I don't know that it's coming, no. Yeah, it's
1: fine. Okay. All right. Um What's
2: on Tap presented by well, actually, Falling that, Down Beer Company. Oh, are not even not around that? anymore. Oh. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah. No. Oh really? I thought they were still around but play the bugle yeah. this song.
2: Yeah, no, they're not
1: around. Okay. Uh, following, uh, this is uh, What's on Tap. we've been paying for our beer league? Yeah. This is What's on Tap, sponsored by, I don't know, uh, if you want to be a sponsor, contact me and I'll start saying your name. <laughs> All right. Uh, July 12th in Osaka, Japan on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, we have two title fights. First one is Robert Brandt versus uh, Ryota Murata. Uh, it's a rematch, 12 rounds for Brand's WBA regular middleweight title. We also have Ken Shiro versus, uh, Jonathan Taconing, 12 rounds for Shiro's WBC junior flyweight title. Moving on to, uh, let's see, um, July 13th, uh, in Carson, California on DAZN. Uh, the zone, we, wow. the zone, the zone. It's, okay. I don't, it's just DAZN. Been. I don't know that it's pronounced "the zone."
3: We've said it a thousand times.
1: No, you haven't. The It's "the zone." And actually, <laughs> to answer your question, I've been doing shows. What
3: did What did you fight on, Larkin? The zone. Oh, I, but I just <laughs> knew it was D A Z N.
1: I didn't know it was called the zone, dude.
4: To be honest, for a while I thought D A Z N and the zone were two different things, but I figured that one out. <laughs>
1: what Same what? thing. So, whoa. Okay. So, the uh, zone. Title fight: Ray Vargas versus uh, Tamoki Kam- Kamida. 12 rounds for Vargas' WBC junior featherweight title. Also fighting on that card, but not a title fight, is Diego de la Hoya versus Ronnie Rijos. 12 rounds for the junior featherweights. Uh, moving on to uh, MMA. Uh, tonight, July 9th, we have Dana White's Contender Series 2019, week 3 in the Four. the Ultimate Fighter gym in Las Vegas, Nevada. Contender's
2: going on right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that's what I just said. Tuesday nights. That that's what I literally just said. Oh, okay. <laughs> July 2nd, Bellator 224, Six. Bud versus Ruben, uh, the Windstar World Casino in Oklahoma. July 13th, um, I, I just found this interesting. In uh, uh, Ra, Ra al-Pindi, Pakistan, we have the Flogger Series. And I wonder if um, uh, the reason it's called the Flogger Series is because if you lose, they take you out of the square and flog you. Just just curious. Yeah, that would be awesome. I, uh, just <laughs> the it is penalty. Pakistan, so <laughs> that's I mean. Horrible. I know. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I think that's uh Hold on one second. And we gotta... were just
2: going to get a good sponsor from yeah. Pakistan. Oh, no,
1: we weren't. Uh, <laughs> that's it. But I just wanted to look at, so for the next week, uh, uh, we have 19 uh, fights happening. What do you look Oh, looking at the pedal bus drinking the drunk p- thing. <laughs> the beer yeah. pedal. The beer pedal bus thing, yeah. No, I'm watching uh,
3: the the group of like ditzy girls out there. Say, and I'm watching the prostitute like, walk by with the selfie. Selfie, <laughs> dude! Wow. I was counting. They had
1: eight. Wow. Uh, so in the next week, uh, as far as where fights are, uh, USA, uh, 19 fights in the United States, Brazil, and Russia. Come up second at six fights apiece, and the Ukraine has three fights in the next week. So that's What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Or, nope, sponsored by whoever wants to sponsor us. Contact either myself or Brad or Rochelle, and we'll start saying your name. That's uh, right. If you, if you give us uh, a lot of money. That's right. Um, checks payable to James Pache. Or, uh, <laughs> or you can just give us free drinks. Or you can just give us free drinks. Free di- whatever. Free you whatever. You know,
2: There's some stuff I don't want
1: for yeah. you. You can,
2: yeah. Anyways, all right. Let's call we're Colin go. because he's. Expected. I thought we were going to go to a break. Nah, um, I'm curious how he says his last name.
1: Okay. Well, do. you I'm going to. I'm <laughs> going to go take a break. Yeah. I'll be right back. Okay, we're going to go to a quick break.
2: We'll be back. <laughs> Welcome back to the undercard. We're
1: going to make it quick. Quick like bunny. Quick like. Uh, Strong like bull, quick like bunny. Quick like
2: global warming. Oh,
4: <laughs> I entered it oh my god. Climate, <laughs> Climate change.
1: Climate change. Climate <clears throat>
4: change.
2: Quick throat> like global warming. <laughs> do Uh-oh. Did you get a hold of him via text? Oh. All right. Well, we'll talk about uh, what happened in UFC really quick. And then if we don't get him, we'll get him next.
1: And week. it's over. Yeah.
2: No kidding. <laughs> Sorry. So Just I, had to do that. So I wanted to uh, play um, Jorge's... Uh, the whole fight? No, no, no. No, no well.
3: his post-interview.
2: <laughs> oh but i had the best comment knowing the fucking man on that by the way and then i am sure people <laughs> stole that but um uh no jorge's uh, uh press conference afterwards so anyways mm-hmm. i want i want people to know i love ben askren mm-hmm. like uh, it's a guy and he
1: took it really well too i mean hilarious
2: yeah he said well he actually put on twitter he's like well that sucked Yeah. And, and and you know and here here's my theory on this back me up everybody Right. Anyone can get caught at any time like that. And I don't know if it proves you're that much better of a fighter, because if anyone takes Anita like that, you're going to go down. I want to see a rematch, really. I want to see the bad blood keep going. I like Ben Askren, the way he trash talked in and, and the whole week. It was kind of funny. Um But Jorge had had uh, released a video that he had worked on that the night before they actually showed a video of him actually like jumping into a pad like that. And they had an idea that Ben Askren was going to rush in and try to do a double leg. And, uh, and he was ready for it, but his post uh, post fight interview was so, so good that like, I feel like we should air it and like comment on it. um, And just go, um go from there. If I can find.
3: You said to try
2: again. Okay. We're going to go to Colin. Hello. Colin, you're uh live on the undercard. How are you?
6: I'm good. How are you?
2: Good. Uh first good. off, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Is it England?
6: Yeah.
2: Okay, Colin yes, Ang- England. Uh, wait, one more time. England. England. Eng England. All right. Colin uh, has been with SFS for a, a long time um, and had potentially one of the fastest knockouts until uh, Jorge took down Ben uh, at LA, LA LFA, which if you're not familiar with LFA is one of the feeder leagues into the UFC. It's probably one of the bigger ones. Um, but we've never had you on the show, Colin. And so I, we reached out to James Gray. We talked a little bit and I, I'm very happy to have you on, Colin. How are you?
6: Yeah, I'm happy to be on, and uh, I appreciate that. Um, I'm I'm good.
2: All and, uh you know, h- hanging out. All right, so we there's not much to break out, break down about your fight. Uh, <laughs> it, it was 15 or 16 seconds, was it? It was four, 14. 14. I'm sorry, Jeez. 14 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> uh, you you caught him, I believe, with a left, right? And he went down. Was it? A yeah left? I got. Yeah. Uh, yeah
6: so i uh, i hit him with like a, a left check like a check hook you know just kind of like a quick left hook
2: and he went down and uh y- you you quickly pounced the referee got involved um and and now i mean that was a knockout that i actually saw lots of uh, MMA sites pick up And, um, you've now become like a kind of a household name. So congratulations on that. And, um, what's it feel like to get a knock knockout like that?
6: Well, you know, I mean, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was surprising, you know, like not surprising that, um. Not surprising that I, you know, I, I could do it. I mean, I knew I could do it. I have the uh, accuracy, the speed, the timing. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's always, I mean, I, I would imagine that would just always be surprising, you know, it's, uh, it's like a one hitter quitter, you know? <laughs> so um, you never expect that. Um, you know, I, I always uh, go into... I was going to a fight expecting a a full fight, you know, a war, um, especially with someone like Morgan. He's, a you know, 30 fight, uh, professional, you know, veteran who, um, who, yeah, I just, I, I expected, you know, a full fight. And so it was, it was surprising. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, you, you never you never expect that, and if you do expect that, it's either you know false confidence or um, you're fighting someone who shouldn't even be in the cage with you.
2: <laughs> well, more, more, as you pointed out, Morgan was uh, uh, I believe he was twenty and ten when you fought him, or, or twenty and eleven. He he had a ton of experience. Uh, you going into the fight were four and one. Um, so, I mean. It's 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 a pretty dramatic statement. Um, what did LFA say to you, and what did Morgan say to you after you knocked him out so quick?
6: Um, you know, Morgan just, uh, he, well, he was a bit confused at first. Um, <laughs> Who did? <dare? Who> <laughs> of course, right? Right. Uh,
2: he probably thought the fight hadn't started yet but, like they normally do.
6: You know, I I just shook his hand. I said, you know, I respect you and I appreciate you stepping, you know, stepping in because um, uh, I was originally supposed to fight someone else. We can get into that in a second, but um, yeah, I just you know, I just said uh, you know, to to him, I respect you. You know, he he said the same back. Um, and uh, you know, after pretty much after every fight I, I've ever fought, it's, it's all respect. Uh, you gain that just by stepping in the cage with me. So, um, yeah. And then uh, LFA was, uh, you know, Ed Sores, um, um Mark uh, Barry, he, uh, you know, both of them, you know, said congratulations and,
5: boom, you know, they were
6: happy with the way it went. Uh, so, so, yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know how I could have done it better.
2: Now, since it's your first time on, I always go a little bit background. How would you get into fighting? How did you end up at SFS? How would you meet James Gray?
6: Absolutely. Um, so, I wrestled my whole life. Um, I didn't uh, achieve the things I wanted to when I wrestled in high school. I was kind of a, um, you know, a- academics were like last on my list. It, it was like friends, sports, sports. And academics and I had a priority and, and for that I suffered, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a talented athlete, you, um when you're not doing well in the classroom. So I um I didn't achieve the things I wanted to in uh wrestling and um I still had like a a lot of competitiveness in me and um I so I you know I, I went to uh like a community college, um in Kalamazoo for uh, a couple of years. And my first year there, I, I was driving, uh, driving around. This is like 2012. So uh, quite a while ago, I was like 18 years old. I saw a sign on the side of the road. It said, you know, cage fight, uh, call this number, at, you know, Clay wing stadium. So I call the number and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I love watching the sport. So I think I can do it. I ended up fighting some guy who was you know like 28 years old and I knew nothing my dad was in my corner um I didn't even know I was supposed to wear a cup I didn't know I was supposed to wrap my hands like all that was done you know uh luckily someone wrapped my hands for me um while I was there but I ended up beating the guy um with like wrestling alone you know all I knew as far as MMA went was stuff I've seen on TV and um my wrestling background so I just wrestled the guy beat him um and then I you know I took a yeah you know, I just kind of did that for fun and then my friend actually uh took me to SFS one day um and you know introduced me to James and a couple of the um team members at the time it was a lot smaller than it is now and uh they just you know they kind of struck a chord with me and I I joined the gym and it was all you know um, all good from there I, I joined the gym and ended up fighting a few you know a few months later under the SFS name and um been there ever since and you know it's a, one of the best decisions I have made
2: well yeah and you got to actually so you went undefeated as an amateur but um you got to fight in the prison uh, city fight league, which I never got to yeah. make it there, but that that's the one that had the barbed wire around the the cage, right? And was it like it was in a bar, right, in Jackson, right?
6: It was, uh, yeah, it was in Jackson. It was... Um...
2: I know it was decoration, the barbed wire, but, like, they were trying to make it, like, cool. And i, I that's the yeah. one regret I have in Michigan MMA is I never made it to... A prison fight league. They had barbed wire around the cage.
6: I think that's pretty yeah, funny. So that oh yeah, because uh, that was my first fight uh, for SFS. Uh, that yeah, was first Melinda Oberlin used to fight down there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I um, yeah, I, I just remember thinking, really, this is like this is how it is, you know? Like <laughs> I, we were like warming up in the back. It was just like a curtain you know, separating us from where everyone was, and I'm warming up, his and like, right next to me is my opponent hitting pad. and I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, like, Jesus, like, I, I don't know, it's kind of weird, um, and, you know, they had, like, a rapper come out, and, and, like, rap in between, uh, like, for intermission, and, and he was like terrible. He actually like I think, I think he lip synced the whole thing, so it was it was actually really interesting. Um, I, I I I don't know. It, it was weird. Uh, it was my like I said my first fight for SFS, and I won. I think I won like with a guillotine or something.
2: Yeah, guillotine um, choke.
6: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Michigan is yeah, so rich. I, I didn't really know that was kind of like on the lower level. Or, uh, oh, oh, yeah. It ended up, you know,
2: well, there's there's a fight league, uh, and they're a respected fight league in Tennessee. And uh, I talked to them a little bit. Uh, they're called Valor Fight uh, Fight Ch- Fighting Championships, and. Um, they they have really big events. Like they've had them at minor league baseball stadiums, but they also have events at a place called Cotton Eye Joe's that has like a mechanic that has a mechanical bull in the corner and it's a country there. bar. I want to go there. I'm just trying oh, to get no. one of my fighters on one of we, their cards you, you so you I can get one, go into a
1: country bar. You you get one of your fighters on that <laughs> card and I will come down with you. Cotton Eye Joe's. Yeah. I mean right
2: there that sells yeah. it, right?
1: I I mean first of all, yeah. yeah. Second of all, mechanical bull. Right. I mean, no bottles, know.
2: all the beers I mean, pouring in plastic cups. You know that in advance. <laughs> yep Oh,
6: no. Uh, uh, the mechanical bull tells it all, though. The
2: metan- yeah. I mean, it, the funny thing about that is, you know, everybody probably gets drunk afterwards. They fight and they probably go on the mechanical bull. And yeah. And then throw up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I would tear that thing up. <laughs> so I saw you the next day. You were at uh, uh, Lights Out Championship. Didn't even look like you were in a fight, obviously. So what? what's next for you and where can people follow you, Colin?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now we're, uh, kind of just figuring that out what's next. You know, uh, we're talking to some league and, um, you know, different promotions, uh, trying to, yeah, just trying to figure that out, uh, which hopefully we have an answer by the end of this week. And, um, uh, yeah, everyone can uh, follow me on um, Facebook, um, Instagram at, uh, and Twitter at uh, Colin Hangland MMA. And, um, yeah.
2: Well, but, I, uh, I will tell you this. Your, your hair alone is worth a comma in the purse, okay? <laughs> so don't let anybody ever not put a comma in that purse. Just go, my hair alone, Brad. <laughs> Brad. From the undercard said, my hair alone is worth a comma in the purse, and then negotiate from yeah. there.
3: Well, not only that, he deserves a toothpaste sponsor because his teeth are, like, gleaming yeah, white. Yeah, you're,
2: <laughs> you're pretty good looking, Kyle. And so you deserve the comma. And if they have a problem, they could call the undercard. Your hair alone gets hey, keep the keep comma.
6: Coming. I love
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> your, your hair alone <laughs> gets the comma. After that is what you make for fighting. So just let them know <laughs> that the comma and the paychecks for the hair— and then what else on top is for the fighting well I want to wish uh, you the best of luck you would have been the talk of the town until Jorge took down Ben for a while like, uh, I know mean, what I, a
5: jerk man I know dude he had to do that dude yeah. it's five, like that. five
2: it's seconds dude that was an early stoppage Ben would have recovered it, he was fine he had his thumbs up oh. which is the funniest <laughs> fucking thing ever I
6: know <laughs> so yeah, I mean he was good I can't believe this. exactly uh, that's I think
2: ben. he was I think he was playing possum to get him in a wrestling <laughs> position. Me <too>. a- absolutely. <laughs> so, that's and unfortunate that's exactly for Exactly
6: what that Ashton would do. Exactly. Uh,
2: so, I-, I love Ben, but you <laughs> take care, Colin. We'll have you in studio sometime where you can just hang out with us. You seem like an amazing person. You take care, Colin. Yeah, it sounds great. All right, take care. That is Colin England, who fights out of SFS, uh currently 5 and 1. As a pro and heading to big places. Yeah, his uh, 14-second knockout was all over MMA, and then uh, Jorge has to uh, go about it. So I wanted to, before Larkin has to train a little bit, but I already told her coaches she's going to be a little late, so she's fine. Um, It's always Brad. It's always Brad. No, no, no. We started the show late. No, I know. But one of the the best post-fight news conferences I've ever heard. I wish I was there for live. Now now mind you, he has just knocked out um uh, Askren. Yeah, Ma Masvidal has just knocked out Askren, right? And uh he he's second to the podium, okay? So that that matters because like uh how they how they kinda uh do that is kinda kinda neat. And So back when I used to do press conferences, they would have them all at a table. They now do them one on one, and Mm -hmm. it's great. So what I'm going to do is play this for you because I think it's some of the funniest shit. We'll stop occasionally and talk about it. But um, so here's Jose, I'm sorry, Jorge Masvidal Masvidal, talking about what happened uh, at the uh, press conference here. We're just going
0: personal to you, so uh, a (laughs) lot, yeah. Along the way, uh, you've had some great wins. Where, where does this one rank all time out of, of all your accomplishments? wasn't personal, man. I just don't like the dude. I knew how to get inside his head, and uh, that's it, man. You know, is nothing personal for me. It's just business. I'm here to get these checks, get paid, and uh, make sure that I put enough money away for my kids to go to university so that belt was next. And um, I'm glad I got to end that, dude, man. You started with flying knees before. I mean, was there... A- a decision that, you know, you thought you could knock him out with it, or is that just the way you wanted to start the fight? I mean, why was that the the initial move? Uh, He's so predictable, man. He's, he's a scrub. But a part of me just wanted to throw it out there so he knew, like, if you do shoot like an idiot, like you only know how to, your head's going to get clipped, and that would put the brakes on him and then beat him up for 14 minutes and 30 seconds and execute him. Or, you know, he took the bait. You know, I put my hands behind my back. He probably thought we were gonna fucking paddy kick it up or something. I don't know. But he walked right into it, you know. I saw some criticism. People say the punches weren't really necessary, maybe they were super necessary. <laughs> why were they necessary? <laughs> fucking brilliant. what do you mean why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So so those people I would say maybe don't watch him and may go back to soccer. <laughs> I saw some other criticisms, perhaps, of your celebration afterwards. Any regrets at the celebration or your behavior in the cage afterwards? Uh, man, there's not too many people that I've disliked. I have over 50 pro fights, and he's one of them. You know, he talked about my manhood, talked about my culture, my ethnicity. Where, where do we draw? Why do certain people get to do stuff you online? So you can do anything. Everything is cool before a fight. You're allowed to do and say whatever you want, like other fighters are not doing, talking about people's religions, wife, even kids. That's cool. But after a fight, I'm not allowed to showboat and rub it in your face so you and guys like you could see it and be like, maybe I don't talk so much shit because when I cross one of these real motherfuckers, they're going to make me pay for it, man. They're going to embarrass the shit out of me. And it's not over for Ben either. He still has to deal with me. If I see my Whole Foods, I'm going to still slap that dude up because <laughs> I don't like him.
2: That's fucking awesome. The last
0: thing for me, I know after the last fight you thought, you know, I'm going to get the title shot. You didn't. You took this one. Why now do you believe the title shot will be yours? It should have been mine, like you said, but... Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not gonna sell my soul, man. I know why uh, they go around sometimes, you know, telling, oh, you got the title shot of you, and then see who gets, gives them the best deal. I want to get paid for my services. I I think I bring a very real thing to this uh, fighting thing. And
2: okay, I so let let's, let's, let's go backwards here. First off, uh, Jorge was like in a fucking amazing mood because that's that's a that's a trade secret. Okay, so what the UFC does is that. They will um, – they have like two or three people in mind for a championship. They call the person, call the agent and say, you know what, We're, we think he's ready for a title shot and they begin to negotiate and sometimes the numbers aren't right with certain people. It's not supposed to be discussed. Jorge is out there. He's like, I'm not going to sell my soul to the devil. I know mm-hmm. what they do. They contact a few people. They take the best price mm-hmm. and that's how you become a champion. Second off – He's still not happy with knocking out Ben that way. He says if he sees him in a Whole Food, he's going to beat his ass, yeah. which is pretty fucking funny. And then two, um, he did, after he knocked him out, uh, the ref couldn't get there in time, hit mm-hmm. him with two more shots. Yeah, I have no problem with his post-celebration. It was a, a three-count, like a wrestling, mm-hmm. where he went three-two, and then he went over in the corner and laid down dead
1: like Ben was. <laughs> I have no problem with no. any of that. And I don't think Ben Askren does, too. I don't think anybody really did. I think people are making it a bigger deal than what it actually... It's entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's
4: the show business. That's
1: right. And now he's on the
2: tips of everybody's tongue. Um, I do want to see a rematch because Aspin. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I, I really think it would have been yeah. a good fight. It sucks when someone gets caught like that because you yeah. just don't know what would have happened. Right, exactly. Anyone gets caught like that, that's gonna happen. Yeah. But um, his press conference, if you get a chance, listen to all 15 minutes of it. It's pretty. It's pretty good. He was having a very honest moment, and uh, uh, Askren, uh couldn't be a better sport about it. He posted that. He went on, uh, Ariel's show yesterday, talked about how much it sucked to lose mm-hmm. and, and, but he, he answered to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an important part of fighting that when you lose, you got to answer to it. Yeah. I just want to touch base really quick before we wrap up the last two minutes on John Jones. First off, mm-hmm. I, I put in the group what happened to his opponent, his ACL, MCL, meta, Four things were fucking wrong yeah. with his his leg. Automatic rematch. Mm-hmm. It's the worst I've ever seen John Jones. But John Jones was also injured. Like mm-hmm. you could clearly tell his opponent was hurt, mm-hmm. but he didn't take care of business. But at the same time, John Jones has been. Imagine having to be perfect all the time and not making a mistake mm-hmm. uh one reporter said in the post uh, fight interview that uh jones kind of takes kind of adapts to the fight that his opponent gives him mm-hmm. i want to see jones and, and i never really thought of that but then when i went back on it i was like that guy's absolutely right um he kind of gave his opponent the fight he wanted mm-hmm. um it was a split decision I actually maybe had Jones losing. I really did. Just because, uh, and then you find out how injured his opponent was and you're like, fuck it. I mean, you don't, you don't factor that into scoring. Right. But not, neither of them. And John Jones had uh, a leg injury too. Neither of them showed on their face at any time Mm -hmm. that they were injured. That's a, that's tough to do. Like when, when someone's kicking your leg and you don't make a reference. Right. To like, oh my God, that fucking kills. Right. Uh you just like stand there. Those guys are badasses, yeah. dude. So, um, we wish, uh, we wish for a rematch on that. John Jones is the greatest ever. Um, it just, I mean, he just, yeah.
1: he is. I don't, I'm sorry, I I don't even know who you would consider. He was the greatest until he started taking drugs.
2: Uh, performance enhancing, and that'll follow his
1: career forever. Yeah, doesn't matter. Or cocaine. He's which one? Both. Either. Which one? The like
2: cocaine where he ran
1: from the car? Don't, don't, it doesn't matter. You're done.
2: Don't you think that we live in a forgiving society and if mm. he's okay? Yeah.
1: Once you can forgive him once. Twice. Three no. Times once lady. you can forgive them once. Yeah. Fool me one time. Especially shame for the shame per- on you.
4: Performance enhancing is I,
2: I I am very anti performance yeah.
1: enhancing. Like no,
4: you no. knew. You knew that this yeah, was an issue. You were
1: you were you were you were the greatest. And then you fell from grace. You were no longer the greatest. Well, I
4: I just think, like, you know, whatever people want to do in their personal lives is whatever. But when it actually isn't going to affect how, like, the fact that you could kill someone else, then it it becomes an issue. Not cool. Right. Not
2: cool. I just can't imagine. Uh, He's always calm, it seems, going into a fight. I can't imagine uh, you know, him not making mistakes in his early 20s because he was given so much at such a young age that it kind of seems to me that, like, uh, like, I, I I don't know. I, I have a soft spot for John Jones. I really do. He's entertaining to me. Again,
1: you do it once, okay, you slipped up, you made a mistake, that's forgivable. You keep doing it, though. No, no, because that, by that point in time, it's not a... Oops, I messed up. It's I am intentionally doing this now.
2: Overall, though, I was unfulfilled by the uh, Jorge-Bin uh, fight because it ended so. Yeah. And I, I didn't like the Jones fight either. Mm. Holly Holm got sorry. knocked the fuck out, too. She
1: did. Amanda Nunes, man. Oh. Amanda she's, Nunes? Yeah, yeah,
2: Nunes. I'm sorry, Nunes. Yeah. Uh She is she's a beast. You know what's funny? She helped her opponent. Uh, this will be the closing thought. Cyborg's on her last fight. Mm-hmm. And she wants to be a free agent and see what other organizations mm-hmm. offer her. There's only one person Nunez can fight. It's Cyborg. Yeah. So she actually put money in her opponent. Yeah. Because if I'm if I'm Cyborg's manager, I'm yeah. like, you need us more than we ever needed you right. now. Yeah. Because no one can compete with Nunez. No. Um. At you least know. Not right now. She's amazing, yeah, she you know what I, I like uh I like her stances. She puts her hands in her pocket when she stands, and mm-hmm. people put fists in her face during yeah. uh weigh-ins and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. that's cool. You can just tell once again, like John Jones so calm before a fight. Mm-hmm. John and- Jones was way too calm though for this <laughs> fight. he
1: really he he allowed I think, I think it was more him tr- mentally trying to not show pain which is why he was so calm. Or
2: mad respect that uh, Santos oh, both, could yeah. knock his ass yeah. out at any yeah. even fucking time. Yeah. All right, we're going to close this. We've done three in a row. Larkin says You've we're going to do in four a in a row.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. We're Lark- on a roll now. I mean, yeah. we
1: used to. What, what was our longest streak? It was ridiculous at one point. It's not long. No, 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 our longest streak, though, like back in the day. <laughs> 16, I think we did once. Okay, no, so I now we're going to do were way longer than that.
4: Oh, just kidding. We're I want to say... Make, eh.
1: I want to say that we did, like...
4: We might make it.
3: I'd have to look at the Yeah, like, books.
1: especially in, like, the beginning when we were doing Tuesdays and Sundays. Like, we had a string of, like, I want to say in our 30s, where before we missed one. What the fuck, Really? Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll be back All next right. week. <laughs> See Four you in a another. row. Four in a row. Bye-bye.
5: Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.